Hey guys, really excited to share this episode with you as we interview comedian Jeremy McClellan. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to give a couple shout outs. The first one is to uh, Stephen and Kayla Garone, Mr. and Mrs. Catholic Comedy themselves. Uh, they hosted uh, St. Philip Neri Catholic Comedy Festival in Phoenix this month, and it was a blast. Uh, Stephen is just a family man who's very busy, but wanted to provide a family-friendly event and promoting the, the joy of the Catholic faith. So go check them out. That's CatholicComedy.com, and give them a follow on Twitter at Catholic Comedy uh, and Mrs. Catholic Comedy if you're on Twitter. Uh, the second thing I want to do is give a shout out to the sponsor of the Catholic Comedy Festival and the sponsor of the Catholic Man Show, Exodus 90. Uh, go to exodus90.com slash TCMS. It's a place to go if you're looking to finish Lent strong. If you haven't had a, a strong Lent or you, you want to really ramp it up during Holy Week, go check out what they're doing uh, to finish Lent out strong and have a holy, holy week. Go check them out, exodus90.com slash TCMS. Uh, lastly, we want to let you know that we're working with Select International Tours on something that, to our knowledge, has never been done before. I uh, can't let you in on it quite yet, but you're not going to want to miss it because we're planning multiple pilgrimages in the upcoming years. Uh, so stay up to date by going to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We're going to have another episode coming out uh, in a day or two, so be sure to check back here pretty soon. But for now, the interview with Catholic comedian Jeremy McClellan. Okay. Welcome to this special edition of the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Our special guest today is Jeremy McClellan. <sighs> Jeremy, I have just really enjoyed uh, getting to meet you and know more yeah, about thanks, you. Um, as well. I think you have a cool job. Yeah. Um, you're it's great. you're a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, you are Catholic. Yep. Um, father. Your husband. Husband. Mm-hmm. Many cool things you also have done, which I think is. Awesome! I, I really do want to take this course. You teach a course yeah. on ca- on comedy for Word on Fire. Yep, yep. So there's a course. It's like seven courses or se- seven uh, episodes, basically. And uh, each of the episodes is me is is one of the virtues. And so I relate. Catholic, I I relate humor. I, I I defend the idea of humor being a virtue, um, a little differently than traditionally. And then how it relates to each of the seven virtues. So, I'm so glad that you are doing that because humor is one of the things that is unique to humanity, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you look at all of creation, the animals don't have a sense of humor, yeah, right. So it's obviously something that is that we have. You know, this is because we're made in the image of God. That's mm-hmm. you know what distinguishes us from the animals and. Our sense of humor is one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, and to live a life, you know, I think there's this impression of some of the saints and maybe some of the saints were this way, you know, because of their temperament, they were just like, you know, kind sure. of curmudgeon-y. But that's not a defining characteristic of sainthood. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm just really glad that y- this class that you're doing is, is, and you as a, I don't want to call you a Catholic comic. Sure. Well, you can tell uh, you, I mean, you yeah. are Catholic. Sure. Yeah. And you're a comic and you do Catholic jokes. Yeah. 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 Which so, of course yeah, you, you would do. you can call whatever you want. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't, there's not a question in that. I just, yeah, I wanted to get that out of my chest. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the saints do. There, there is a sense, but also like, I mean, you're getting a lot of that secondhand. It's like people who say like Jesus wasn't funny, like you know, and that is an argument people have made for like why humor is not. I'm like, yeah, but like Jesus didn't write the Bible. His disciples yeah, right. wrote the Bible. How do you and know he wasn't? Funny? How do you know that like the stuff he? Because like that's like when journalists are like r- telling people what you said as a joke. Right, like, like if you're a comedian, you've been reported on, 
And and they're so someone's it's like a secondhand joke. So you don't know if like the Sermon on the Mount crushed or not, because like that's that's Matthew's <laughs> version. That's, that's Matthew's version of it. Yeah. And maybe he just you don't know the cadence of it. You don't know what the crowd did or anything. So you don't know. That's true. right. One of the things I appreciated uh, from your from your uh, act tonight is that y- I could tell uh, that you'd read Joseph Pieper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Yeah. And so, which w- I am too. In fact, our, uh, we're about to go through a, a book club, uh, reading leisure, the basis of culture, nice. uh, with our patrons. But, um, when I was listening to you, I, I just, I could tell that you'd read, read Pieper. Mm-hmm. So it is, and, and then just hearing from you just now talking about the, the, the four cardinal virtues, the three theological virtues. So, uh, uh, what books have you read of people? What do you? What oh, do you like? I mean, all yeah. You have like yeah. Okay, like so, most of them. So I I just experienced this new website. It's not new, but for me it was. It's like isbn.net. Okay. And so if you type in Joseph Peeper, it will. Uh, Isn't that just like a general book? ISBN. That's yeah, just it's like their, a, their number, and what it does is it pulls up all of the like old published books that, ah, that you can't okay. get anymore that's, that's secondhand. So like there's a book he has, a Concept of Sin. Mm-hmm. I've read that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I just got that one. Didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, contemplation and Happiness. It was like, I uh, didn't know anything about mm-hmm. that one. Happiness uh, as Contemplation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, and I so I just bought all those books. Yeah, it's um, great. Yeah, I have a whole like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in just like having authors that you go into and like just having those. Right. And just rereading those people. Like, if you only read Joseph Pieper for the rest of you, you're fine. Right. Like, that's you don't have to, like, read everything that everybody else is reading or whatever. You can have your guy. I right? totally agree because if you read – like, if you start reading multiple books by the same author, you start understanding who the author is, yeah. how they think. You know, you can almost predict what they're going to say based mm-hmm. off of other, the books that they've read right. or written. Um, I Yeah, I totally agree. I have a whole section of – in fact, Dave and our buddy Juan uh, for Christmas one year got me a signed – book a peeper mm, but it's nice. in german i don't which i yeah can, so you don't know what it says i have no idea what it says it's probably just somebody he hates yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> you made me hate my life yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i i i love them so much and um i was really upset when i found out it's not piper because uh, i called him piper for year, you know years like john and then, piper is, is totally different is dude. It, yeah it's totally different dude and then peeper is just i don't like saying it but it's his name so whatever we call him the peepster the peepster that's good which is also kind of weird yeah but like so, the concept of sin is great. Uh, is a great book because it goes into something that I'm really big on, which is the absurdity of sin. Which is, and his his whole thing is that we are people on the way. We, like we are people that you come from nothing, and your destiny is God. And so there's that there's that like journey that you're on. And in this life, like that is the core of what we are, who we are as creatures, is being on the on that on the way. And there's always the temptation to return to nothing and that pull of the void. Mm. And that's what sin is. Sin is when we, for some reason, he goes into just like, it's almost like Lovecraftian, like the way that it's like science fiction-y when he's describing sin as like this, this desire to be less than who we are. And like that, that's like scary. Mm-hmm. And like, but I get it. I mean, like that's what addiction is. That's what, like, just the desire to numb yourself with sin or with, like, whatever is. And we always think, we often think of sin as something added to, like, a good activity, right? So, like, you know, it, it, but it's actually less than, like, it's, it's, this is sort of pseudo-Dionysius, but it's like, uh, I mean, sin, sin 
as a lack of being is 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 traditional. That's, uh, that, that, like like that's no surprise. But like even like a like a sinful act is less than a real act. And so like when when you are in the throes of sin, when you're in the throes of like addiction to sin or you know something like that, you're like you're being less than who you are. But like also you're you're not acting fully. Right. Like there's this there's this like smallness to you that happens, and that just goes against everything that our culture says about these these behaviors and these sins, which is that it's the true expression of your core self, or it's this right. you know this this like uh, will to power, or this like you know exerting yourself, you know like a man, right, 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 yeah, <laughs> right. and yeah. but you're actually being becoming smaller. Yeah, isn't it interesting too? Like when you when you're maybe in, in this sin, like addiction to sin, the idea before you commit the sin sounds looks so grandiose, mm-hmm. looks so uh, attractive, appealing. Yeah. You want, you, you're like, man, if I could just go get hammered with my buddies or, mm-hmm. you know, or if I could just, you know, uh, you know, I'll just go to the strip club, whatever it is, whatever sin you want to pick. Uh, and then right afterwards, mm-hmm. you just, like, it, it just crushes you. It demolishes yeah. you. Like, yeah. you, you, you realize how big of an idiot you are for doing for, for doing this like thinking that this is going to fulfill you i often i mean like the core of i mean one big core of sin is is passivity just like the, in the sense that it's less than a full act and like i i think of myself like when i'm in the throes of sin when i see i can almost like see it coming and see myself as this passive like person who's like well i'm gonna do it right or yes. like i'm gonna yes. and, and and you know what and, as if i'm just this like this and it's just a small like thing, and it's it's something that just ha- is happening to me, and of course that's an illusion, mm-hmm. like it is an act, but in in another sense, like it is, like it is like the, being a wimp, right? You know, you're just you're just like okay, I'll do, it. you know. Yeah, you just cave, right? Yeah, I've had moments like that, uh, you know, when in pa- in my previous lives, when not previous lives, but. Uh, Previous years, when <laughs> I you used were, to be a woman. Yeah, <laughs> I was a I was a Hindu in the, and I was a Hindu in the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, like when I would t- times in my life when I would struggle with sin, um, in ways that praise God I don't have anymore. But you know, I'd be in the throes of this temptation, no, and struggling to resist, knowing that when I get home, I'm toast. Yeah, a- and I didn't want it to be that way, but I just, you know, and that's what happened. Yeah, uh, and. Then when it afterwards, just kind of like what you're saying, Adam, it's like I just feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Like why did I do that? It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Right. Uh, but just just that power, it's a sense of powerlessness that I couldn't stop that from happening because right. right. I I even admitted that I knew what was going to happen and I just yeah you know uh, as, as if terrible. you could predict like that's something that I think of as funny like with um, with confession sometimes where they're, they're like so. When you confess a sin in confession, you have to have like a firm resolution that you won't do it anymore. But what if you, and people always say this, but what if you know that you're going to do it again? And I'm like, you don't. Like, sure. like, why are you making bets? Like, based on this, like, I mean, and, and that to me is like, uh, I'm, I'm very big on like keeping your feet on the ground and like staying in a first person perspective because it's so tempting to like try to, try to like zoom out and see yourself as like as if as if you're like this thing like externally yourself. I don't know. It's weird to describe, but like um, there's a theologian William Kavanaugh who who wrote a book called um, Migrations of the Holy, and in it he talks about the difference between a tourist and a pilgrim, 
and I love it because uh, I'm, I'm I love pilgrimage, and I'm I'm around a lot of Muslims, and they all go on pilgrimage and stuff. And pilgrims uh, um, go from a pilgrimage is when you go from the uh, like the like the external like the periphery towards the center of meaning in your world. Like when you go on a pilgrimage, you are going to home. You're going to the center of meaning in your mm, world. I like that. And when you see other people there, you're excited. And you're excited to be around people. It's like, oh, yes. Like even like tonight was this Catholic comedy fest. We were excited that other people were there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you saw someone, it's like, it's good that you're here, you know, and um, because there's meaning here, we're all going towards it. There's something beautiful there. Uh, the tourist, the concept of the tourist is uh, the opposite. The tourist goes towards the periphery and they're trying to escape uh, mm. the, the sameness and they're seeking out difference. And so tourists, when they go to these tourist places, every tourist brags about like, we went on this cruise and we went on this excursion on the cruise, but it, was, it wasn't a normal excursion though. It wasn't what the other tourists do because tourists hate the sight of other tourists. Because it, it, it ruins... Yeah, they want to the, be with it, the locals. It ruins the experience, right? And so, yes, they want to be with the locals, and they, they, they insist that the locals be authentic, mm-hmm. authentically local, right? right? And so these, the, these industries pop up in these places where they, where they go on, like these tourist places, where the locals like, may not even have that strong of a Jamaican accent, but you bet when they like, encounter, <laughs> they, they like, put on our thick one, right? So they're all pretending to be these... like. Right. You know, th- this like this copy of a copy, this like simulacrum of Jamaica, right, to these tourists. <laughs> and so and it so it fr- it freezes. I can, I can see this happening in Charleston where like, you know, Charleston's like a tourist place. It's very like antebellum houses and stuff like that. And so if you if you build a new house, it has to look antebellum. It has to look mm-hmm. like slaves may have lived there, <laughs> even though it's like a brand new house. Like in, 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 and so it's this car. It's this Disney World place now of this like thing and it's never (laughs) it's not it's not real but like so tourism freezes these places but anyway the point being that like a pilgrim to have the attitude of a pilgrim is to uh like one of the main the main difference is that a tourist thinks that he can see all these places from above right they're on a plane and they but like a but like a pilgrim travels on foot and so you have to stay on foot and that idea of like well i know i'm gonna sin i know i'm gonna fall again no you don't like you don't i mean yeah you you have no i mean weirder people have become saints right and and if not someone's got to be the weirdest so why not you right (laughs) yeah it's absolutely a defeating attitude that satan wants you to adopt because if if that's the case well then you'll never get over sin right yeah, I mean, if you if you will, oh, I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. It's like, well, one day you won't. Yeah. There, so why that, isn't that today? Right, and don't you think that that's possible for you? Yeah. You know, because th- that person would still, I'm sure, say, oh, maybe, yeah, like someday. Yeah. It's like, well, well, why not now? Yeah, and so now you're in the position of Satan and Job, where you're like making bets on, except you're making a bet on yourself. Right, which is messed but, up. But it's like you're making, yeah, you're making a bet. <laughs> Like and ab- you're throwing ab- the game. So, so, the yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> Above yourself. You're right. You're you're making a bet, and then you're you're taking the the dive. You're diving right. in a boxing I'll ring. He, I'll bet he can't make yeah, it. Yeah, I bet he can't make it. <laughs> I got a hundred dollars again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's nonsense, but but the, it's it's that attitude. Whereas like, you know, but for for firm resolution is just you're not going to do it. Yeah, and it's like just don't do it today. Mm-hmm. The, don't worry about don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah, you we were, can't even sin tomorrow. Yeah, we were talking about that last night with uh, um, because I think about this 
like with drinking because I quit drinking. But like th- there was that sense that like, okay, so if you quit drinking for like, because I was sober for like several years and then I, I, I relapsed like during quarantine, which is totally reasonable because <laughs> there's nothing to do. And like, except hang out with neighbors and they're all drinking and I'm right. like, fine, you Wait, know. You can't even go anywhere. And yeah. so, yeah. And so like, okay, so I'll drink outside with everybody. And like, so started drinking again. And then it was like, well, that I just wasted all those years that I was sober. No, I didn't. But but that idea of like, oh, I wasted it. And right. we think about that with like confession and stuff where it's like, well, like, I was I was a saint and then I sinned yeah. and now I'm back to square one. It's not like shoots and ladders. But you're not right. Where you get that that one slide. Yeah, that takes you, you don't back go all the way back. One. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like Monopoly where you're in just just in jail for a little while. Yeah. And then you keep and then you go back back where you started. Right. You, you thought we were going to be able to do a shoots and ladders and Monopoly analogy on the Kevin yeah. show? Yeah. Yeah. We pulled it off pretty effortlessly. I, yeah. yeah. It was actually pretty effortless. But I loved what you said today about uh, talk if you could talk about like how joy is actually reality yeah so uh, someone I, I thought that was beautiful yeah someone had the idea that like the reason that humor was important you hear this a lot that humor is important because it gives you a break from reality um and that's that's the idea that like you know you've had a hard week uh or a hard day so you're gonna sit down you're gonna watch a sitcom or something funny right and that gives you a break as sort of escape from reality and that's the job of the comedian is to sort of give people a break from their daily lives. And, um, and that's true, except that I, I, I don't agree with the idea that like our daily lives, like the work that we do, that's just toil or the suffering that we have that like, that's the true nature of reality. And then when we use humor, we escape that. I don't think, I think it's the other way around. I think that like humor and going Joseph Pieper, like leisure, like contemplation, mm-hmm. like though that's, that's reality. reality. That's right. reality. That's the real. And 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 that's why we work, and uh, which is which is, you know, sort of I think in that sense like Marxism is right in in the sense that like you should work like the goal of work is leisure, right? And so like my my, my life right now is great because so much of my life is leisure, uh, where and it's meaningful leisure. Like I'm playing with my kids or. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like the, like the, like the part of my job that's comedy is, I mean, like right now I'm not, I don't feel like I'm working right now on this podcast with you guys. What to me, what's work is travel mm-hmm. that like that, like, well, that, wears you know, on that, a man. that, that, that's work, uh, like, you know, hanging around events, waiting to go on. That's work. Uh, you know, scheduling stuff is work, calling people to like book stuff is work. Um, that's the work part. Performing doesn't feel like work to me. Uh, writing material doesn't feel like work to me. That's just fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like all of that work is so that I can relax. And that's what our culture should be like. We should, you know, ev- everyone should have a right to, I mean, the whole purpose of politics is to enable the, the, like, the citizen, like the citizens to be friends with each other and with God. And like, that's the purpose of politics. And like, so it is a political problem when people are working themselves to death so, to death so much right. and they don't have time to spend time with their families. Right. I, I think you're absolutely right because joy, the sense of humor, these are not results of the fall. No. Okay, so these this is reality. These are these are a part of the original reality. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love that C.S. Lewis does in um, his book, The Magician's Nephew, is you go in and the characters see the creation 
of Narnia. Mm-hmm. And actually, the singing. yeah, the singing of, yeah. of Aslan. It's yeah. beautiful. I just love that's that's maybe I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's my favorite one, but it's I really like this one. And then there's the first joke. Ah. This is part of the creation story. I forget that, yeah. Uh, that in there, they tell the first joke. That's great. And they all celebrate. This is like before anything evil comes into Narnia. And they're all sitting there celebrating the first joke that's ever been told. Even the one who is the butt of the joke, he also mm. loves it. It's like, I was the first joke. Like, yeah. this is great. And they're like celebrating the fact that jokes yeah. have now like a part of, they're now a part of the world. And like, you know, I, I, one thing that I say in the course, and I say this a lot, that like, you know, humor is, well, humor is the virtue of being delighted by um, like incongruity or surprise, anything surprising. Uh-huh. That, and, and the first joke that we hear uh, as humans is usually peekaboo. That's usually like, you know, you're sure. a baby and the mom does peekaboo. I guess it and is when you thi- And when you think about it, and when you think about it, peekaboo is terrifying. Because, like, you're a baby, <laughs> and the mom is, like, the ground of your being. Right. Like, that is, the like, right. the, the everything that you are. You you have not even differentiated yourself from her as a person, right? right? Yeah. And and th- it disappears. <laughs> in and front of your face. Because, yeah. uh, because hands go up, you know, in front of the face. Right. And, uh, like it's it's holy saturday i mean like it's like god is gone right there's this the despair right and but then you know like who is this that comes from the desert right leaning on her beloved right, right. you know the, the 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 hands go away and there's the mother right and and then she says peekaboo which is nonsense and it's beautiful right and all is right with the world and if the and so you laugh right the the baby laughs they giggle and that is it's the first joke you hear and that sets the stage for i think like every joke that you hear because you are uh you're number one you're you're being delighted there's like first there's tension right there's tension and then you're delighted by the sudden surprise of something good right your mom is good and um and but and so then but then as you get older, unfortunately, that doesn't crush every time. Kids kids get over <laughs> peekaboo, right? Right. And then you have to use words to make kids laugh, right? Or if you if you have kids, you know, like, okay, tr- like trying to put uh, their shoes on your feet. What? Yeah. yeah. That crushes, yeah. Right? right? Or like, or like th- your shoes on their feet walking around, you or know, what? Pretending to bunk your head on the yeah, door, you know? Right. Yeah. Hitting the door with your hand so it sounds loud when you do it. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah, right. All of that's great, and then but then you gotta keep going, right? And then you gotta like, you know, <laughs> you gotta like bring your new material, you know. And and as they get older, like then they'll tell their friends jokes, and their friends will make them laugh, right? They'll make you laugh. They'll, like they'll tell jokes that make you laugh. My daughter was like, "Well, it's called pepperoni because we're eating Peppa, Peppa Pig." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's a brilliant. That's a great joke. That's a pun." I know Peppa Pig. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And so like, okay, cool. And so. Uh, you know, it gets, but at the core, there is that, there is still that question of like, is the world good, uh-huh. right? Is, is like in happiness and contemplation, he, the, he ends like, no, that is the core contemplation depends on the idea that like the world is sound, like in the last, like, at, like at the end of the day, the world is still sound despite all the evil in the world, the, the reality is good. And, uh, and that, that is the core, that is a core of our faith. And, um, and so, like, comedy is you're able to be funny and tell jokes even about horrible things 
or, you know, in horrible situations, at funerals, right, um, in a way that, uh, like, affirms that, like, no, still, like, the, the base, because that's, like, w- like, when you suffer grief, one of the dangers of that is that you start to think that, like, that's what's real, right? Like, that, yeah. like, you know, it's like the Joker, like, the, you know, the Joker has one bad day, and he's convinced that, like, that's the nature of reality. And so then his he's like, he has to prove to Batman that, like, that's the nature of reality. And so he's trying to get Batman his one bad day, et cetera. And, of course, in the comics, he's right. Joker's right. Because the nature of reality is that they live in a comic book. <laughs> and the world is controlled by, like, the writers. Right. Who, which is why the Joker's always breaking the fourth wall. Like, he knows he's in a comic book. That's his power. And so, like, he knows that the – but we're not like that. Like, we believe in God and – like we we know that like you know everything is still okay yeah there is something cathartic about laughter Mm -hmm. you know like laughing at at the funeral is so healing Mm -hmm. uh and i don't really know why that is i mean i think maybe just because you're connecting with that the reality of that that joy that that you mentioned Mm -hmm. but another thing that you said that i was really thinking about earlier um it's just the idea of comedy being at play. Yeah. And it remind it just reminds me of heaven because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard heaven described as, you know, you'll be at play and there's almost, the, well, that's almost what the be, beatific vision is. Yes. It's eternal right. surprise at the good. Right. And it's right. almost like a creative, like you'll be constantly, yeah. there's that creative element to it. Not that we'll be creating anything in heaven, but, but it's, it's the GK Chesterton. Do it again. Do, yeah. do, it, do again. it again. Yeah. Exactly. Do it again. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Talk about that a little bit, about the play element of... Yeah, so, I mean, play is something that you do uh, for no other reason except the joy of it. Um, and uh, I, I think about that a lot when I play with my kids. Because um, in order to play well with your kids, you just have to lose yourself in it. And you have to not check your phone. And, like, we can talk about play being good and what kinds of play are good and how play is good for their development. But it's it's... We can like, talk about the philosophy of you, play. Yeah, the philosophy yeah. of play. But but you can't play if you're thinking about that stuff. Right. Right? At the same time. You have to forget about all that stuff and just be there with your kid and just like an improv, you, you yes and them. You you say yes and to everything they do and you just you just roll with it. And the best T V show about this is Bluey, right? And Bluey is a TV show on Disney and like they okay. it's these dogs. And the parents just play with the kids, and there's no, and the, they have a very strong philosophy in the show that there can't be any lessons, like in it's just play, and it's just joy. That, that drives the, me the parents crazy. Or kids, yeah. About cartoons now, they're all the worst. They suck. Yeah. It's like Bluey is the best show on television. Like cartoons, adult we were, or child, or child. When yeah. we were kids, like what were cartoons about? Nothing. Yeah. They were just about like yeah. They were yeah. just funny and they were great. And now I feel like all the cartoons, if they're not uber woke. They're yeah. about like, oh, they, this cartoon, there's a lesson about conflict resolution right. between these two characters because this is a struggle. And it's like, give me a break. Like, this is the worst cartoon I've ever seen. I know. It's the idea that, like, kids are, like, it's almost like, oh, kids have just immune <laughs> systems that reject lessons. <laughs> and so you have, to, you have to disguise the lesson as propaganda when, like, you can just, you can just tell children what's true. Like, or you can tell them moral lessons just directly. If you really want to teach a moral lesson, you can just tell them that. Yeah. You don't have to, like, make a, a TV show about yeah. it. Yeah, and you know what? When you tell them, they just believe you. Yeah, yeah, it's they great. Just say, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's awesome. They say, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is my last question. I know that it, this it's late. It and, is getting late. It's cool. And yeah. You got to, so this is my last one. Like, I'm curious on what your thoughts are on imagination in regards to comedy. Like, I feel like I'm so glad you asked this question. Mm. I was thinking I, of this earlier. Yeah, because I so I think that uh, a lot of comedy or just a, a lot of movies in general are pretty lame these days. Mm. Uh, and it's only because, like, it seems like, oh, I've already seen this. I've already, like, yeah. it, it's a replay. It's the algorithm. It's yeah, the I, algorithm. I've seen yeah. this movie at least eight times. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's because we have dulled our senses so much to where we don't have imagination anymore. Like, mm. there's no, you know, the G.K. Chestnuts, the Tolkien's, the, uh, you know, the Dante's, the, like, that have this imagination mm-hmm. to be able to, to bring things to life that we. I mean, it's certainly not the most successful movies that are like truly imaginative. I mean, so you do get like Inception and like thing, right. things that are like really, ter- you know, to me, terrific and yeah. like original. Um, but it's always safer for them to just like make another Marvel, right? You know, thing right. that's just right. like the it's same like, yeah, thing over this, and over, and right. it's just so this and and like for me, that's not leisure. That's not like consuming that type of of entertainment. Mm-hmm. People get very confused about leisure. Uh, it's so when we say leisure, when Joseph Pieper says leisure, he doesn't mean this like mind-numbing right. entertainment that just like because that's an escape. Right. That's that's like that's like fentanyl. Like you're just right. televised fentanyl, and you're just like, uh, and I get it. I it's get a drug. the I get the yeah. pull to that. The pull to go back to nothing. Right. That's right. the pull. But uh, but like real play, real leisure is lively and it's imaginative and um, it's uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some some of it's just the industry. Like I said, it's 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 safer sure. to make stuff that like people will do. Yeah. And even as a comic, like I have a sort of I have a voice now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't I don't mean like a platform. I mean like I have you know finding your voice. I have a voice that I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll like think of stuff and I'm like that's good, but that doesn't really fit my. But then, right. I, but then I'm like, oh no, I'm doing it. I've turned myself into this algorithm where like, <laughs> it's my job now just to make ex- to make more jokes that are like the ones I've told, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's a real dangerous place to be as an artist. Where like, no, you have to, you don't want to like completely reinvent. But maybe you do. I mean, like, like David Bowie reinventing himself every few years, right? But like, it's just you. Well, whatever you find delightful, and you can't when you write. Now, when you perform, I'm thinking about the audience, right? There's that, and sure. when I'm when I'm deciding what my set's going to be, that's the audience. When I write, there can't be any of that. There can't be any of that eye towards how the material will be instrumentalized and how it will get me, you know, fame or money or whatever. Or like, how do I? Like, I remember I I was in this comedy competition, and it's the that which is the worst thing in the world because <laughs> you're you're there, you're sharing the stage with other comics. And you're competing with each other for the audience to vote on who was the funniest. And so you're mad when the other people are funny. And yeah. the, the, and, and that's never true at, like, a normal show. Right. right. Like, at a normal comedy show, you're excited when the other people on stage do well. And it's like it kind of feeds off of each yeah. other. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, excited. Yeah. If, if, a, if a really good comedian asks you to open for them – then you're excited. It's an honor, right? Right. But with a competition, you're like, you know, oh, that guy's funnier than me. I don't <laughs> want to be on stage with him. And that's never true. Like, it's always good news. This is true in general. Like, as a general life lesson, it's always good news when you meet someone better at you than something. Like, that's always good news. You can always, you know, learn and, like, sure. you know, interact and stuff and, like, get better, except, at, get better at what you do. the Olympics. Yeah, but th- it, when it's a competition, right, because yeah. it's that's fake. Right. That's like we construct this thing to like you know. Reality is not a competition. 
Yeah, it's a collaboration, and yeah. you're, you're you're competing on who can get the most laughs. But that's not a fixed pie. That's you know the goal is the the, the group goal. If you all do that, then eventually it'll there'll be you know like more max laugh. number of laughs yeah, for laughs the night, for right? Yeah. yeah, more for everybody. Um, I forgot what was going with that. Oh, but the the one thing that I did in the competition was like I realized that like a problem with the competition was that like no one in the audience when they're voting remembers the names of the comedians. And so I was like, I need to make a joke that includes my name a lot, right? Just to like brainwash the audience yeah. into doing that. Brilliant. And brand, so, brand, brand, and so yeah. my joke about like how how when Christians pray, they say Jesus' name too much. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is here, Jesus. Instead of doing the person in the audience, I would be like, that's like somebody coming up to me and being like, Jeremy, 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 just hear Jeremy, 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 just hear Jeremy. And like, that's not as funny as if I pick an audience member and do it. But I knew that, and so that was horrible what I did, and it worked. I won the I won the competitions <laughs> all the time because I always included material with my name in it, right? And like, but that kind of like writing where it's like, how can I, like, because then I'm not like the audience isn't my friend; they're just votes, you know. Right. I'm you're trying not going to get, for la- you're not going for funniness; you're going for votes. Yeah, yeah. for votes, and so like. Uh, I mean, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I got money from it. I got like a thousand dollars for winning the thing, so you know it was fine. But like, but but like, you you can't have an eye to that, which is I think that's what is messed up with a lot of comedy today. If 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 you watch the Daily Show back when John Stewart uh, d- did it, he he was liberal, and everybody who wrote for the Daily Show was liberal, but they were silly, mm-hmm. and they had lots. I used of, to love that show. They had lots of yeah. material that was silly. And uh, where it was done just because it was goofy, right? And it's funny, and um, and so you might disagree with it. And like the Colbert Report was silly; it was just right. And it wasn't even it wasn't just the fact that he was pretending to be conservative. It was also he was pretending to be ridiculous. And there was tons of stuff that he had that wasn't like like you know bears being such an enemy. (laughs) That's not (laughs) conservative. Like that's just that's just silly, right? And so there was joy there. Greatest and, threat to America. Yeah, it was bears. Again, it yeah, was bears. bears. Yes. That's, that's silly. Like, and there's no point to it. There's no like lesson. And then Trump happened. And I mean, really this happened like Obama's second term, I think. Where, and then like when Trump was running, then it became like, you've got to support the war effort. That's how, I, that's how I put it. Where like, and I've been in, I've, I've, I've received writing packets for like how to write for like, we want you to apply to write for like the Sam B show and stuff. And it's like, okay, here's a point we want to make. How do you make that funny? Like that's the that that's how we do it. It's terrible. And but and silliness in that context, silliness is risky because when you're silly about something, like my favorite thing to do is to make silly jokes about like hot button topics that don't actually contain my opinion on the topic. So it's like I'll make a joke about abortion, but it's it does not contain any joke, any like. It's just, this, you know, like the joke I told tonight about how my grandmother was told to abort my dad, and I'm, I'm glad she didn't because I would have grown up without a, you know, I would have grown up without a father, right? And that's funny because, like, it's like a time machine type joke and, like, whatever, just breaks people's brains. That does not contain, <laughs> that doesn't contain my opinion on abortion or anything. Right. It's just silly, right? And so when I tell it, there's the risk that someone will assume something about what I think. And maybe it'll backfire. Maybe when Jimmy Fallon jokes with Trump and messes up his hair, maybe that hurts the war effort. Right. And like, and then he gets dragged. Jimmy Fallon gets dragged for being 
like, you know, enabling or what was normalizing Trump by, like, messing with his hair or something. Like, Jimmy Fallon's a goofball. Like, yeah. and there's nothing worse than, like, when Jimmy Fallon tries to be, like, political. Because it's just <laughs> – and, like, Colbert's not funny when he does that either. No. And, the, like, so th- – in the comedian's toolkit, there's all these different ways of writing and of doing material. There's misdirection. There's all these like tools you use, like when you, like when you, like when you write jokes and everything. And like the to me, the lowest form, well, but like misdirection and silliness that runs the risk of people not uh, knowing exactly what you think about something, right? The the, the like the safest thing. Well, so when you look at like the old Daily Show, it was it was all it was it was the entire toolkit they were using, right? Now the joke you will hear most often, the the tool that you will hear most often is just an analogy. That's it, mm-hmm. and an analogy can be silly, but it always contains basically what you think about it. So the, I mean, John Oliver does this all the time. He's like, Trump said this. That's like, and then they'll he'll have some crazy analogy, mm-hmm. right? And once you realize that, that like now the writing, the, the comedy writing in the industry now is so analogy heavy because they have to make it clear what they believe and make clear what the right opinion is, you, you will not be able to watch the shows because you see it so much. It's, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just like – Again, no imagination. It no, gets, no imagination, right? Whereas before, you could have all kinds of material on Trump, right? You could have all kinds of material like, – you know, there's there was so much there that you could do, and but but it was almost like it's almost like everyone had to say like no homo, but like it's the political version of no homo. Like somebody who's like like, like that guy's really strong. <laughs> no homo though, no homo. Yeah. You know, it's like dude, we didn't think that. We just he's strong. Like what are you what are you doing? Like he's got a great physique. Like you know, you don't have to say no homo every time you, you talk about how somebody looks. Right. right? Yeah. Like but. Now that's like standard politically sure. where like if you make a joke about Trump, like that sort of humanizes him or whatever, you got to you got to say, but just so he's a piece of crap, you know, just so you know, like you have worst, to, you the have, worst president you ever, have to include yeah. something that like a lets caveat. people know yeah. that like, you know, you're not one of those. Yeah. Right. And and that's just it's safe. And yeah. it. uh Yeah, it's awful. Jeremy, man, uh, it was awesome to meet you this weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I really appreciate. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate your stand-up. It was, it was great tonight. You, cool. You, you killed. It was. It was. It was great to. Also, I just appreciate your set because uh, there was some risky things that you yeah, did. Yeah. You know, like and that again, that takes guts. Yeah. Right. Because you didn't know exactly how it was going to go. I thought you killed. I thought it was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun to hang out with you this so weekend. So, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, like say they want to yeah. bring you out to an event. Or yeah. Oh yeah. Just down. just email me, Jeremy at Gmail. Or, you know, like, contact me on social media. I don't have anybody working for me that answers the stuff. It's just me. Right so, on. yeah, just just message me, you know. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Con- man. Contact the it. Catholic Man Show, and they'll forward it to me. Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh.